On this week's episode, Marvel drops the mic on DC at Comic-Con. Vince McMahon says goodbye to the WWE. And are gamers the cat's meow with Stray? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Humanican Media, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and all the great things that we do because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook and also as well on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. We cover the latest news and trends in pop culture, including over 60 articles relating to Comic-Con right there posted in the newsfeed at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you can catch all that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's our own happy hoarder of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and catch what he's doing today at PopCultureCosmos.com. Of course, his great book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can get available right now at Barnes & Noble and Amazon, plus his great shows, the Super BS Gamescast and Topic Oculus. Plus, I think he has an announcement as well. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Hello. What's good, Notice- man? How you doing? I'm just trying to like put together this Marvel Phase 4. It's been a weird one. Anyways, I'm sorry. How you doing? Phase four has been a weird one, my friend. It's been all over the place. I know a lot of people like myself have been complaining about it as far as the direction, but it's almost to an end. And in fact, the four, five, and six phases have been announced by Marvel with some exceptions on the tail end of it. But we'll talk about that because Comic-Con is all over. San Diego Comic-Con is now in the books. And we'll talk about the best of Comic-Con. That's coming up on the show Plus also as well, John Orlando's coming by here in a few minutes to talk about Vince McMahon and the WWE because he finally felt the pressure about what was going on with the allegations and all the hush money that's been given out. He actually went up and did the impossible. He actually retired this past week. I talked to John Orlando on what that means, plus also as well the future of the WWE. That's coming up here in a few minutes. We also talk about Nope winning at the box office, Shark Week on Discovery, and also as well, Meow Stray. Is that going to be a hit for gamers? It's right now. Yeah, it is right now. That's for sure. We'll talk about what Stray is, if you haven't heard already. That's coming up on the show as well. Plus, again, on the back half, we're devoting the back half to everything Comic-Con. But before we go ahead into all the breaking news and Everything that went down all over the place in the past few days. What's going on with the Happy Hoarder? So the Happy Hoarder is a uh, little concept I've been working on for a while now. You know, a couple of years ago, 
I was like, you know what? I miss Toys R Us. I miss KB Toys. We've talked about this on the show all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. we going down memory lane, going to old toy stores, and it's just like the happiness you got. And I was Toys like, R Us oh. at Macy's nationwide that really doesn't do it for me it doesn't no it doesn't because you have to it's in a macy's like it's not its own thing and some of them yeah. are going to be super tiny like the toy section in jc pennies some are going to be really big it's hard to say but you know i kind of like would love to recreate that feeling like i want to give people a place to go and i know that like being a collector is really hard in the era of the scalper you know with culture created by covid19 so i have been over the past couple of years, building inventory of things, picking them up online. And if I see something good at like an auction, you know, I'll pick it up. And so I've been collecting things with the purpose of eventually opening the Happy Hoarder, which is going to be a comic book store, a toy store, collectibles, trading cards, pop culture oriented things. You know, right now I'm working on getting all the licenses I need to resell and all that, you know, all the tax forms and all that. Built this really cool website. We're starting out online and eventually, you know, I'd like to open some physical locations. It's been like years in the making for me. So I'm just taking it one step at a time. But the Happy Hoarder is coming soon. It's going to be awesome. Things will be affordable. I promise you that. And there's going to be more news on that coming soon. But for right now, you know, it's all just in the stages of planning. I don't want to give any details away because I don't want something to change at the last minute and me not be able to pull through with that. But Stay tuned, you know, like I'll create some social media pages and the website will be up soon. So you'll be able to know more about that soon. Sounds good, my friend. I'm wishing you all the best. Anything that I can do to help you out on that, you know, just let me know. Just truly Absolutely. appreciate everything that you've done for me over the years. And it's the least I can do in return. But is the Happy Hoarder. And you'll be hearing more about it right here on the show as well. But first, my friend, want to go ahead and knock out a couple things before we get to the nitty-gritty, the main event, the past few days at Comic-Con. But before we do, want to go ahead and cover a few things real quick. Nope wins at the box office, $44 million, slightly under projections of what Hollywood was hoping that it could do. But I think a lot of people were excited about what was going on with Comic-Con, so maybe they were distracted by what's going on. But it is another hit for Jordan Peele with an outstanding movie. Again, the reviews are really, really solid, coming in very high for him once again. This looks to be a very great part of his horror trilogy that he has out there. I love the fact, again, as I mentioned in the Friday show, that it reminds everybody about the greatness of Fry's Electronics now that they are rest in peace, no longer there. But your thoughts on no. Did yours close? Your Fry's? I know you had a giant one out in Vegas. Is that one shut down? The whole company's done. The whole company, even the online, is rest in peace. That's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah, anyways, uh, I'm sorry. What was the question? Yeah, see, I blew you away with fries. I I know. I just got so focused on that. When you lived in Anaheim, there was more than one available to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We still had, I remember it was in um, Fountain Valley. They still had one on the side of the freeway, yeah. Not anymore. I remember that one well. But your thoughts on Nope? So... I'm actually really fascinated by this movie. I've been kind of like, I've, I've seen a lot of trailers for it and it, it looks funny, but it also looks scary and it also looks intense. Like it seems like a, a mashup of genres, but I've also been reading that like it, he's done a great job of showing just how addicted we are to spectacle. 
the whole movie is like this big piece of subversion going on. Like you think it's one thing and it ends up not being that. And so I'm wanting to watch it. You know, I've heard great things about it. I don't know if I'll get a chance to catch it in theaters, but I'll definitely be watching it when it comes out. And, you know, I think Jordan Peele does a great job of putting things together like that. He is a filmmaker that puts out original things that people actually do go to the movies to watch. And I think that we need more people out there like him doing the things that he does. Building the tension, building the suspense, and then also executing on the horror aspect of it. Truly a great artist. Just truly cannot appreciate enough all the great things he's he's done already with his films, Get Out, Us, and now, of course, what we see with Nope. So if you get a chance, please go ahead and check out Nope. I think it's a must for horror fans. Of course, like I said, number one in the box office, $44 million here domestically and doing very well. If you have thoughts on Nope, please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Before we hit the break, my friend, a couple more things to cover. Discover Shark Week is here, which is the biggest time of the year for the Discovery Channel and everything related to it, plus the added benefit of now being part of HBO Max and also the Discovery Channel and all that as far as their streaming services are concerned. Any thoughts on Shark Week hitting it up this week on the Discovery Network? I've burnt out on Shark Week a long time ago. You know, I know people still like it. My brother still makes a big deal out of it, but it's just this, I don't go out of my way to watch these anymore. You know, like what I love about the streaming services is that I can pick and choose what shows I want to watch. You know, I don't have to tune in at a specific time. Like I remember last year, I really liked watching Josh Gates, you know, like I love watching his shows. And I remember he did one with William Shatner and that was good, you know, and I, I've, I've watched a couple of those with my kids, but like I just Shark Week doesn't do it for me anymore. And I also noticed that Disney is doing like a competing Shark Week type of thing with their Nat Geo stuff. Hmm. Imagine that. Why would that be? Maybe they finally caught on to the fact that Shark Week is one of the most popular parts of the year for the Discovery Network. Mm-hmm. And I think that so that's why they've got something on there for Nat Geo fans out there. But Yes, it is Shark Week. It is available this week on the Discovery Network. If you have thoughts on Shark Week, is it your favorite time of the year to go ahead and check out everything Discovery? Please let us know if you get bitten by Shark Week. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, before we hit the break, and we hit John Orlando covering the retirement of Vince McMahon from the WWE, which I never thought I would say those words because I pretty much assumed he was going to die with the WWE, but that shows you what scandal can do. I want to go ahead and make sure we mention the latest hit game that came out. I told everybody my thoughts recently on how I thought there was a dearth of releases so far this year, but a solidly rated game just came out and it seems to be getting well supported. It seems to be well restreamed out there by gamers all around the world. Meow. It's called Stray about a cat meandering through a futuristic world in which no humans are just interacting with the robots, but basically it's a futuristic type world. You're solving puzzles as a cat. Your thoughts on Stray, which has hit consoles and PC with a vengeance. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's doing great. And I remember it being discussed at the uh, Sony State of Play. It looks cool. You know, it looks like something that could be, it would definitely find an audience, but I feel like this is a game that's more catering towards like the goat simulator crowd. I was going to say that that. a cat simulator per se. Right. Right. And it's 
again, like I love the concept. I love how it's making video games accessible to people who normally wouldn't play them. Because I was sitting here thinking like, oh man, like this would be a good game for my kids to play. Like they, they love cats and would love for them to love video games a little bit more. So, hey, maybe this is something they could get into. So that being said, like, I'm glad it's getting all the love that it's getting, but it's not something that like I'm going to go out of my way to play. But, you know, I can see why people are loving it. You know, it's it basically at its core, it's a walking simulator. You know, I don't think there's any like combat in the game no, uh, no. that you can do. So, you know, there's a lot of games out there like that. And that, that just goes to show like there's something out there for everybody. You know, if someone who says like, oh, I don't like to play games because I can never find any I like, like they just haven't looked hard enough. You know, you have games like this. I'm, I'm stoked that people are liking this game. Absolutely. It looks like something that I think that for many, it's going to be very entertaining. How long though? I'm not so sure because I think it has a a limited lifespan, but for now, I think it's capturing the attention of a lot of gamers. I think that's partially again, because the fact we are in a down year for video games because of the lack of video game titles that are out there. In my opinion, I think Um, again, I said this one of the worst years ever for video games. In my opinion, I just think the lack of video games outside of that brief window in time where we had Elden Ring and Horizon and uh, Stranger of Paradise, Horizon, yeah, and Gran Turismo. Like there was definitely some things that came out, but they were not. You know, I know what you're saying. It's not. They all came out together, and then that after that, not much. Yeah, not much more after that. Before we move on from video games, let me ask you a question. Ubisoft this week has announced that they are not going to be continuing with the development of some games that they had discussed a while back. They're stopping development on the Splinter Cell VR. Yes. The new Tom Clancy games. I think they're stopping development on those. I think Skull and Bones. It's coming out, but it like it's not what everybody was expecting it to be so it just goes to show that there's something going on behind the scenes like i keep waiting for them to say like hey we're not going to do beyond good and evil 2 anymore but there's something going on at ubisoft that is creating a lot of issues and i know that there's discussions of them being bought out by another company but what's gonna happen here you know well, Ubisoft is all over the place and now i think they're just streamlining for cost-cutting measures i really think that their grandiose designs on them becoming one of the top three video game publishers that are out there. I think that they had visions of, of being at that level and they never really quite made it. They came close, but I think that they're at a level where they are right now that I don't think, I think they're ever will evolve beyond where they're at as far as at a level. They will never reach the top three as far as the marquee names in the business, but they're still obviously with Assassin's Creed and everything else right. that they make. They're right. still obviously a value treasure of the video game industry. Yeah, it's just it seems like for every game they make that sells, you know, million plus copies, there's like five or six that come out and are just like critically hated by everybody. And dead on arrival mm-hmm. from the gamers. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts out there on what's going on with the video game industry? And are you happy? Are you purring like a cat with Stray, the video game that just came out this past week? Please let us know if your thoughts, if you're excited about playing Stray, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, John Orlando from the PVD cast and I break down the retirement that was announced on Friday by Vince McMahon. He's retiring from the WWE. What does that mean for the company? What does that mean for the future of pro wrestling? 
We talk about that. And then on the back end, Comic-Con, Comic-Con, Comic-Con. We're talking nothing but Comic-Con right after the half-hour break where we talk about what's going on with Marvel, DC, and more. We'll talk about that coming up on the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with breaking news right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. I do want to mention that we are trying to still cover as much as we can of Comic-Con and everything that went on for you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But when breaking news happens, we've got to report it to you. And we're waiting for this other shoe to drop when it concerns the WWE. And you know what? We weren't sure if it was going to happen. We weren't sure if Vince McMahon was going to be Mr. Teflon and stay on no matter what controversy follows him. And after the latest reports by the Wall Street Journal that he's paid in trying to cover up misconduct and affairs and dish out $12 million plus in payments out to four different women, over the years in regards to relationships and stuff that I don't think would be very apropos in the corporate world, which we've covered already previously. The pressure of what was going on finally caved in and longtime CEO of the WWE, Vince McMahon, has finally retired from the WWE. He had already stepped down from his role as CEO, but was still the major force behind creative, but in a statement just made recently that all the news wires and all the news reports are now picking up. He's made a statement that at 77 years old, that it's time to go ahead and retire from the WWE and full naming his daughter who was an interim CEO now as co-CEO along with the other vice president with major power there, Nick Khan, they've both been named co-CEO and also Triple H, Paul Levesque, has now been named head of talent relations, replacing another <laughs> beleaguered individual there in the WWE as well. So that is something we need to talk about. And here today to talk about is a man who's speechless because we weren't sure that this was going to happen. This is something that probably would not have taken place 10, 15, 20 years ago, but we live in a different world now. And even Vince McMahon is not immune to this type of cultural feedback. But here today, as best he can, even though he is speechless upon this news, (laughs) it's a good man indeed. You got to go and check out all the episodes available now at the pvdcast.com. It is John Orlando and John. You were a man of your word. You said you would come on down the show as soon as this news would break, if it did break, which we didn't think would really break because the days and weeks were passing on and we didn't think anything was going to be done in regards to it. We saw John Laurinaitis being replaced by Paul Levesque, and now we see Vince McMahon, the big man, stepping down for good. We think for good. It's got to be the biggest wrestling news story of all time. I mean, as I sat here getting things ready to go to talk to you and to everyone that's that's listening to the PCC, I was trying to rack my brain and think of 
Is there been any other wrestling news story that has had such an impact? And maybe Hogan turning to the NWO, maybe that, because I remember that causing a lot of buzz, especially with people that I knew that didn't follow wrestling. But this, this is, I don't know, this is even bigger than that. I mean, you have Variety covering this story, which is the premier entertainment magazine, news service, whatever you want to call it. Breaking it's, into their Comic Con coverage, right? I mean, the, I mean, my phone has been blowing up for the CBS, last thirty minutes. NBC, MSN—they're all covering it right now. It's a major news story. By the end of the day, er, virtually every news organization on the planet will have this story. It is a major deal. It is something you and I never thought we would see. We, we thought he would actually die still in charge of the WWE. I, it's my opinion. I think that we both thought that he would never leave the WWE willingly. I think that we thought he would be buried in a buried alive match. That's probably how I thought he would go to be quite personal with you. Do I think this is an angle? No, I don't think this is an no. angle. I think this is no. public pressure finally caving him in. And I think that it was just something that had to happen with most other CEOs. It probably would have happened weeks ago. But someone of Vince McMahon's tenure, his, uh, I guess, uh, impressions, his weight in the wrestling industry, I think that's what held him out so long. But, yeah, this is something that inevitably had to be done. And, you know, let's look at the timeline because this morning, I'm on the East Coast, so this morning when I looked at the wrestling news, they had mentioned that Triple H was now in charge of talent relations. And I I never thought anything of it, Gerald. I'm like, well, okay. They had to fill that slot anyways, and why not? Triple H has proven that he's got the chops plus, to do that gift. Plus that John Laurinaitis, who was part of these allegations in regards to one specific case of misconduct, he was already suspended from his role in that matter, and I think that's something that was going to be easily replaceable because in the WWE, you and I have seen is that vice presidents in WWE are extremely replaceable. So we didn't think very much of that as far as that. We're just happy to see Triple H back in a role of authority and a role of power after the health scare that he had recently. So I think that was something that fans are really appreciating, that he's now back in a role that hopefully will drive the WWE forward. But yeah, the bombshell just came out a little while later. I Mm -hmm. guess one shoe had to fall first before the other one fell, and this was something that I really didn't think what happened, but you know what? I'm glad that finally he saw the error of his ways and has stepped down for now. And we'll talk about that in a sec here as well. And, you know, I think the other thing real quickly in my experience was that I also saw a short little bit after reading about Triple H that Stephanie and Nick Khan were going to share duties. And again, that didn't raise red flags for me. But within 20 minutes of seeing that, then you're like, oh, my. I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I got to say that, and I hate to even kind of bring the product into this conversation because of the the situation, but you got to think now, Gerald, are we going to start seeing what we want, which is better WWE television, better WWE events, better WWE live special pay-per-view, whatever they're calling them now, because Vince is out of the way now. That I'm not so sure of because Stephanie McMahon has been closely aligned to her father in her ideals, her writing. She has been the head of writing for years, and you and I have 
pointed out several flaws with the writing over the past few years and that can be directly attributed to the writers that she's directly been overseeing. I think that the thing that we've been most complimentary of over the years is when Triple H has been in charge of creative for NXT and how that grew to be something I think very special until they met up against AEW and decided to go head to head with AEW instead of trying to put out its own product on a separate day and time. After that, he got the blame for the failure of NXT. I also attribute that to NXT call-ups to WWE because a lot of those uh, days around the teens in the 2015, 2016, 2017 era when the NXT was really at its hottest, I can attribute to his booking, but also as well the fact that you had so much great talent that Mm -hmm. has been since moved WWE and that they didn't replace it with as good as talent. But that's another story altogether. I already commented that I think that the WWE is at a flatline position where, okay, they have 2 million people watching their product at any given time on Raw or SmackDown. That's to me, is right around the ebb where they're, they're at as far as the low end of where they're at. So will this bring a new creative? Will this bring a new outlook? I'm hoping so. I'm not as entirely convinced because I still think as long as Stephanie McMahon's there, she's going to get phone calls on a weekly and daily basis from her father and still get an influence there. But maybe that will bring along fresher ideas, younger ideas, newer ideas in order to go ahead and advance the company. So I'm hopeful of that. I'm not as hopeful as you. I'm not as positive of you as, as, as I just say, but I am hopeful that this will lead the WWE into a better creative direction going forward. Now, the question that needs to be answered is this co-CEO arrangement. How is that going to play? Because, listen, eventually, when you work with somebody, you're going to have a disagreement. That's just the way it is. So what's going to happen when Nick and Stephanie do not get along and they have a difference of opinion and something horrible happens, either in terms of the booking or outcomes or money being brought in? What goes on then when those two disagree? Well, with Nick Khan, he has been praised internally for an individual who has turned the company around financially. His maneuvers behind the scenes, because people out there don't know who he is, but he is one of the engineers behind the economic recovery of the stock and also as well the company as a whole as far as being able to find profit in a period of time where it's, it's been hard for many companies to find profit in the past two, three years. So he's been able to go ahead and find revenue, been responsible for many layoffs, but many restructurings of many different departments. So I think that ultimately his success in those areas may lead him to go ahead and be the prominent voice in WWE, at least for the interim short term going forward. Stephanie McMahon, because she's a McMahon, I think that she is still always going to have weight, but I think it's going to be on the more creative end. I think the day-to-day operations, I think, will eventually go to, if they're not already, go to Nick Khan. I really think at some point in time, that will probably give him the CEO at some point in time down the road, but Stephanie McMahon probably taking up a more creative control aspect of it and focusing squarely on that. Doing this co-CEO thing, like you said, I don't think it's going to work out long-term. No, it's not. That's no. just not how that that company is set up yes. to be that. So That atmosphere alone, yeah, that whole behind-the-scenes 
politicking and just the way it's structured by its very nature over the past few decades, even when Vince McMahon's father was in control, would not allow for something like that to go long term, no matter the fact that they're now a publicly traded company or not. But I wanted to ask you this with a final question I have, and that is people are still probably thinking this is a work, this is an angle, this is a storyline, but I believe this is all too real, and I believe this is something that should have taken place a long time ago. You and I have been arguing that should have happened a long time ago, but do you think at some point in the near future, because in wrestling, nobody really retires the first time in wrestling. <laughs> Do you think that Vince McMahon will come back to the WWE? <laughs> no one really retires. See next weekend's Ric Flair match. Anyways. <laughs> Just no, talk to Terry Funk. Right, That's right. There you go. I think he's done. I think that this is not a work. I think that there's too much pressure on Vince because of the allegations that he has to relinquish control. Does that mean we're never going to see Vince McMahon on WWE TV? Oh, no. No, no, because you know as well as I do, eventually he's going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. As self-serving as that may be that you're putting yourself in your own Hall of Fame. But I digress. Plus, he's also a ratings bump, so he may come on for special occasions. Correct. I think we see him, maybe not for a couple of years, but we do see him back on TV. Even if he just gets out there once a year and goes, Welcome to WrestleMania! We're going to see him. But as a person of power? No. No. He's going to be a personality, I think. But he's done. This is not a work. Throw him a Legends contract, indeed. There you go. (laughs) But my friend, it's been great talking to you on this breaking news. I cannot appreciate enough the time that you took literally out of your day just to go ahead and run right (laughs) over here to go ahead and be on camera with me. But, John, I appreciate you stopping by. As soon as anything breaks, we'll go ahead and cover it. But I need you back for the SummerSlam preview. So we'll go ahead and talk about that. I think we'll probably talk even more about Vince McMahon at that time. But the breaking news happens. You're there for me, my friend. And I truly appreciate it. And I thank you so much for stopping by the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to thank so much John Orlando from the PVD cast for stopping by, talking the retirement of Vince McMahon from the WWE. My friend, Comic-Con was back with a vengeance. My gosh, so much took place over the past four days. Five days, really, when you consider all the hype that was going into it. But Oh, just so much to talk about, my friend. But obviously the big news going in was what was going to happen with the ultimate matchup, Marvel versus DC. It looked like it could have been an even horse race heading into it with everybody starting to question what was going on with Marvel's Phase 4 and DC with several successes already under the belt in the past couple of years, looking like they were going to go ahead and really challenge what Marvel had to offer. All they had to do was go ahead and present themselves like that when it came to what went down. But 
Did you hear that? Did you hear that, Josh? I think that sound you heard was a mic drop by Marvel as DC only showed off as far as the big projects are concerned, what's coming up this year in Black Adam and also Shazam, while Marvel dropped the rest of Phase 4, Phase 5, and Phase 6, outside of some upcoming TV projects sometime around Phase 5 and Phase 6. They pretty much announced their entire slate going forward. In what they're calling the Multiverse Saga, before I announce everything that is coming up in Phase 4, Phase 5, and Phase 6, your thoughts on Marvel versus DC at Comic-Con? You know, DC's in a very precarious situation. I know you you discussed this with TJ on last, last week. week's show. Yeah. I noticed they didn't, like, The Flash was coming out in October, November, I think, and but they did not really showcase anything from that, probably deciding. That's been bumped be, back. Has it? When's it coming out yeah. now? Is coming out in summer of 2023. Everything that was coming up this year was only with Shazam and Black Adam. So, jeez, oh, they they have to just bite the bullet and put that one out for people because if that's going to be the springboard for the changes moving forward, they need to just put that movie out. You know, just get it over with. At Comic Con, they had a very muted presence because I think that film in Ezra Miller it's creating a lot of uncertainty in their future plans right now. So they're playing it safe, putting out Black Adam, which looks fantastic, by the way. Shazam looks okay. It looks like it's you know, going to be more of like comedic tone of a film, just like the last one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they did good playing it safe and kind of seeing like where they're going. And it sucks, you know, because Marvel did announce all these things. And yeah, you know, they did disappoint a lot of people with DC saying that they're not going to continue the Snyderverse. But, you know, I, I think Marvel will once again have the upper hand moving forward until they iron out all these Flash related things. I think that they blew it. I think they had every opportunity to take Comic-Con and they blew it. And because they were afraid to show off Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom and Flashpoint, that was a disappointment. I think that if they really wanted to go ahead and make an impression with fans and really try and take it from Marvel. I think they should have gone ahead and announced their full slate coming up in the next couple of years. And they didn't. And people yeah. are, are talking about Marvel again. This is just like reminds me of what 2018 or 2019 when Marvel announced its full slate before everything hit with, with coronavirus right. and they showcased it and they blew away DC. DC had the opportunity to go ahead and blow everybody away and they didn't and they can only look at themselves for blame no i know but in their defense though like i think there's a fear of creating a pr nightmare with stuff like that because like oh hey they're at comic-con promoting flashpoint ezra miller is a jerk you know like they're an amber heard with her issues with the johnny depp case johnny depp and aquaman i think they were like they're scared of becoming the black sheep of the comic book movies they could have taken risks but they just played it too safe i think they did play it too safe and i think it cost them in the eyes of pop culture fans all over because again marvel showed up they went ahead and they announced the end of phase four and they announced what is coming up in phase five and what's coming up for the most part in phase six now mind you some of the things on the back end like after captain america new world order mid to late 24 25 those years are going to have more television shows for disney plus that they don't have yet fully realized 
So I think that people need to go ahead and understand there's more coming up down the road. But for right now, here's what they announced. The end of phase four is going to have She-Hulk, which is going to be on Disney Plus on August 17th, and Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Both of those we saw tremendous trailers for. That's coming out on November 11th. So those two are ending phase four. And again, we have links to those trailers right now at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Black Panther got really stoked at the end of the She-Hulk trailer because my boy Matt Murdock showed up in uh, his yes. Daredevil gear. The Wakanda Forever trailer, like, it was really cool. It was a spectacle, and I love Namor being introduced into this world. Yes. But that's all the trailer was. There's, like, no hint at to what the movies is about. And, like, that's what I really want to know, like, what's happening. Obviously, they're playing to the fact that Chadwick Boseman's not around anymore. You know, the Queen is having some issues. We see that struggles with Namor. Like, what is happening here? Like, what's going on? I want to know. I want some story beats. Tell me. Tell me what this film is about. Come on. Uh, and also hints of Dr. Doom. People are talking about that. That could be a possibility. But mainly that they're also talking about is the fact that there could be a battle coming up between Wakanda and Atlantis coming up in the near future in Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. So, yeah, it looks really good. Really impressed with that. And, of course, She-Hulk. I'm really starting to dig what's coming up with She-Hulk. Looking forward to that as well. And then Marvel Phase 5 was announced with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That's coming out on February 17th of next year. Secret Invasion. They showed off a trailer for that in-house at Comic-Con. Did not release it to the public yet, but that's coming out in spring 2023. They also showed a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in-house. That's coming up on May 5th. 2023 echo that Disney plus series is coming out in summer of 2023 loki season two is also coming out in the summer of 2023 i know that's a follow-up to a much beloved Disney plus series everybody's looking forward to that one the marvels aka captain marvel 2 that's coming out in july 28th of next year blade is coming out november 3rd of next year Ironheart is coming out fall of 2023, and we're actually going to see an introduction to the character in Wakanda Forever, so please go ahead and check that out. And Agatha, Coven of Chaos, that comes out in the winter of 2023 and 2024, so it sounds like it's going to be something that's going to be overlapping like late December, early January. Daredevil, Born Again, spring of 2024. That's going to be 18 episodes, and I'm going to talk about that with Josh coming up here in a sec. Captain America, New World Order, May the 3rd, 2024, and Thunderbolts, July 26th, 2024. That's going to be a movie in theaters, and that's going to end Phase 5. They may sneak another TV series or two in there, but I think that's pretty much settling Phase 5. Your thoughts and comments on Phase 5 from Marvel? So I have a feeling we're going to get another Spider-Man somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's phase five or phase six, like this schedule is not set in stone. We're going to have a, there will be a Spider-Man somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. Um, These are all subject to change without notice. Right. Absolutely. And okay. So a few things, you know, there's, there's been no talk about what's going on with the Eternals, right? Like that's one of the biggest open-ended things right now. And there's no Shang-Chi sequel showing up in there too. Yeah. Do you think that Miss Marvel will show up in the Marvels? Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. I think Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel be part of the Marvels. I mean, after we saw the end credit scene in Miss Marvel, it really alludes to that as far as her continuing the story, especially after the final credit scene with her and Captain Marvel. I think that definitely states that she's going to be a part of the Marvels in July 28th. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Do you think we're going to see a Kit Harrington return as the Ebony Knight in this one at, at some point? You never know. Could be because it looks like he will be branching out beyond the Eternals as far as what his value and his importance to the overall MCU. I think that was alluded to at the very end of the Eternals as well. So yeah. I really think that you could see him somewhere along the lines. And of course, since he interacted with Blade in that final cutscene in the Eternals, yep. I really think that you could see him in Blade in some form of fashion as well. Yeah, because he has in the comic books, like he's led the Avengers at certain points. So, you know, that could be cool. Two things I want to ask you real quick. Agatha Coven of Chaos in the winter of 2023 and 2024. Obviously, they love the character, similar to what we saw with Loki, where maybe they didn't have originally long-term plans for that character, but she did such a great job in WandaVision. It looks like Mm -hmm. they're going to build at least a mini-series for her, uh, what, six, eight episodes, I see. We'll talk about Daredevil here in a sec, but your thoughts on Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Okay, so this this one's interesting to me. I First of all, like, the, the actress that plays Agatha, love her in just about everything she's in. So excited to see her come back. Judging by the She-Hulk trailer that the Book of Ashanti is still something to be concerned about, and I, I'm wondering if they're going to end up tying that back into this series like giving her a chance to redeem herself from what she did in wandavision other than that like maybe it'll end up being like a hocus pocus like thing like is it going to have greater ramifications in the mcu or is it just kind of like hey here we are hocus pocus 2 came out a couple months ago let's keep on keeping on with this you know well the one thing i wanted to ask you as well in regards to phase five is also daredevil born again That's coming in the spring 2024. Mm -hmm. It's not that he's coming back because if you've caught this show, you've known that Daredevil was going to be coming back. That was not a surprise. The surprise Mm -hmm. is 18 episodes. 18 episodes. Like the Netflix ones usually ran from anywhere from like 8 to 12, I think, were the episodes. And that's the thing. We're now conditioned as streaming fans and streaming followers for these shows on streaming to last 6 to 10 episodes. This Mm -hmm. is almost like a broadcast network type deal where broadcast networks still do the traditional 22 episodes on their biggest shows. So that might be too long of a story. It might be too long, but this one, do you think that they're going to split it up like part one, part two, maybe? They might do a Stranger Things where they put a part one Mm -hmm. and part two. Because it seems like it'd be perfect for that format. As for the show itself, like I'm stoked. Me and my wife, the only reason, and I, I don't feel like i'm alone in this like the only reason we're still tuning into the mcu is because of daredevil like we love that show so much we love charlie cox and we love everything he's brought to that character vincent d'onofrio is coming back you know like that is really cool so one i know daredevil is going to be in she hulk right and then he's supposed to show up in echo um allegedly he's going to be show up at some point in secret invasion so i don't know what's going on with that but Born Again is one of Frank Miller's like most famous comic books stories that he's written in the Daredevil universe. Uh-huh. I thought that the last season of Daredevil on Netflix was based loosely on Born Again, right? Because we have Karen Page, 
her uh, days as a heroin addict. We have him meeting his mom. We, he's like half dead after the defenders. He gets run off the road in that taxi cab picked up by his mom. Whatever, you know, like all like the cool gritty things from Born Again they used in season three. So what is Born Again going to be here? So is it based on Frank Miller's comic books, you think? Or is it more of like an ode to like, oh, hey, Daredevil is being born again in the MCU. Like, what do you think? Is it more like symbolic or do you think they're going to try to take like what was left of the Frank Miller comic book, which there's not much left of? I don't think they'll take much from it. I think they'll create their own thing, have some elements from it. But for the most part, it's going to be its own thing. You know, Marvel, when it comes to the MCU, it changes around a lot from what the comic books have. So I don't Mm -hmm. see that it's going to stay verbatim to what has been already transcribed in the comic books, especially over 18 episodes. I really think that's going to be something they're going to have to figure out exactly how they're going to make that enticing for people to follow for 18 episodes. That's the big key. So I guess uh, two more questions before we move on from Daredevil. One, do you think they're going to be bringing the rest of the cast over as far as like Foggy Nelson and Karen Page and I was reading also there Jessica Jones is supposed to be in the Christian Ritter Christian Ritter Ritter, okay so do you think they're going to be bringing those characters over they have to especially again 18 episodes got to fill it up with something my friend so that's my biggest concern is the 18 episodes I really think that you're trying to go ahead and space that out I really am wondering what they're planning to do with those 18 episodes because for streaming fans that's a lot And this is the last thing before Captain America and the Thunderbolts, which are obviously going to have huge implications moving into phase six. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. The rest of the announced projects were Marvel Phase 6. So we head after the Thunderbolts, we head into Phase 6 with Fantastic Four, November 8th, 2024. Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, May 2nd, 2025. And Avengers, Secret Wars, November 7th, 2025. That is Marvel Phase 6. There's going to be some TV shows sprinkled in. I know Armor Wars was the first thing people Mm -hmm. said. What happened to that? What happened to that? They're swearing at Marvel in comments made after the announcement that there still will be an armor war. So maybe suspected sometime around there. I do know Don Cheadle is going to be appearing in Secret Invasion because the actual clip that they showed with him and Nick Fury was shown at Comic-Con. It's not shown to the public, but was shown at Comic-Con. So I know he's going to be back as Rhodey there. I'm assuming armor wars will still be on the plate at some point in time during phase five or phase six. And of course, again, just understand that probably there's still more to come as far as TV shows for the mm-hmm. Disney Plus side during that period of time. Maybe the Ten Rings, because they said the Ten Rings would return. If you remember Shang-Chi seeing that, so maybe something relating to the Ten Rings then. 
Nova, is that going to go ahead and be still a series? They started development on that, so they didn't announce when that's going to come around. So that could be something we could see in 24, 25 during the latter part of phase five, phase six. So yeah, most of the slate has been shown to us, I think, for phase four, phase five, and phase six. Okay, well, let me finish my last question here with Daredevil. Do you think, going back 18 episodes, do you think that because of how beloved a character that he is that he's and he's the last thing before captain america and thunderbolts if that series will have big implications going forward it has to in order to keep everybody interested in watching it especially the general audience out there for 18 episodes Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to have something big you're gonna have to make it big and if it's not if it's just a regular like netflix what they showed off there was just an episode of the week type deal yeah of course, the end leading up to the battle between Kingpin and, and Daredevil, that's different. But for the most part, it was an episode of the week type deal. Yeah. Then, you know, you're going to lose fans. You're going to lose viewers. You're going to lose uh, interest. So that's it's got to be made to be important. And something's got to go down to make it last for 18 episodes. Yeah, I agree. So my closing thoughts here, you know, I think obviously we're going to get another Spider-Man movie at some point. Deadpool is going to be in one of these phases at some point. Word of the mutants, you know, I guess maybe they're not calling it X-Men is going to be in there. So, yeah, I definitely think we're going to be getting a lot more in here. Come Comic-Con next year, I'm sure we'll have a more detailed timeline. Maybe even D23. Right, right. And, you know, there's a lot of big things. I think that this was smart detailing so far ahead because like we've talked about before and you and TJ discussed this last week, like, there is marvel burnout right and people at this point people are watching it just because there's marvel stuff you know but does has anybody truly liked what's been on thor despite getting decent box office numbers people are not really enjoying the movie like there's a lot of talk people have said hey you need to bring kenneth Branagh back and stop making thor like the laughing stock of the mcu like it was good in ragnarok because there's a story being told but with love and thunder there's no stories to just thor being a bumbling idiot the entire time dr strange people have not really enjoyed that much the eternals people didn't really like that much so they haven't done a good job of like catering to people who are experiencing that burnout but i think they made a good move saying like hey there's going to be another uh big avengers event here but i guess my closing question to you though is do you think that we saw Avengers Infinity War. We saw Endgame. That was huge, right? Thanos was terrifying. And the fights with Thanos, the fights with his army, how are they going to top that? I don't know. I mean, is Kang really going to become that individual that's going to supplant Thanos as the big baddie to an entire world of people that are watching the Marvel Universe? Is the Secret Wars going to be something so devastating that you have to go ahead and can't miss it, like the event that was Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. I don't know. We'll wait and see. It is coming out the same year. It's not going through a full 365 days before one Avengers comes before after. I mean, they're, they're planned now to be in the same calendar year, so that I think is a smart move. So hopefully you will keep that excitement, that buzz for Phase 6. But you're right. So much was not announced. Deadpool, Armor Wars. Mm-hmm. What's going on with the Eternals? Shang-Chi, is that going to be extended? I don't know. We'll wait and see. There's still, I think, more to come, more to be announced. And of course, we're going to cover it right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But if you have thoughts on why Marvel or DC, we pretty much know Marvel, 
one Comic-Con, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, we're going to run down real quickly what else, the major stuff that happened also as well at Comic-Con, The Walking Dead. They showcased a trailer covering its final episodes as far as for the original series. They showed looks at the spinoff series. But the major news for The Walking Dead is Andrew Lincoln and Denai Korea. They're coming back to do their own series. This was something that they've been planning in the works ever since Andrew Lincoln left. Is doing a movie mm-hmm. or series of movies. But with the loss of popularity of The Walking Dead since his departure, they're now just putting it straight to a series as far as his return in a limited series to AMC+. Plus. It's not going to be an extended season by season by season. It's just going to be a limited series because I know both Andrew Lincoln and Denai Gurira are very busy with other projects, including Wakanda Forever for Denai Gurira. I want to go ahead and mention that as well. The Orville the reason why they were there at Comic-Con was not to announce a season four. Hopefully they will, but they are coming to Disney plus all their episodes for the first three seasons will be coming to Disney plus in August. So that's the main reason why they were there. Star Trek had so many things that they showed off Picard season three. They showcased a trailer covering Star Trek lower decks. They announced a live crossover, a live action crossover with some of the characters from lower decks appearing in season two of star trek strange new worlds so look for that when that happens want to go ahead and also mention that john wick chapter four yano reeves was there to drop a lot of news on his upcoming berserker anime that's coming to netflix he also dropped a trailer for john wick chapter four coming out next year that looked tremendous any thoughts on what you saw over the course of comic-con before we head on out yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, we haven't talked about these high fantasy series that they've been prominent there. Like, the last season of Game of Thrones left such a poor taste in my mouth that I was not excited to go back to this world. But after seeing the House trailer of the, the House of the Dragon, like, I am like, wow, you know, my wife's been wanting to check out Game of Thrones at some point. And so I figured, like, hey, it's coming on just in time. You know, we can watch House of the Dragon then we can watch Game of Thrones and then, you know, the Jon Snow sequels coming out. So I think this is a good place to jump on. And the trailer looks magnificent. Everything about it looks cool. Lord, Lord of the, Rings the Rings was another one. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know, this is it's not a movie. You know, it's not this like epic pop culture event like the movies were. But then I was like, you know, it looks like they really dumped a ton of money into this because this looks great 500 million dollars my friend yeah and i was like if not better than some of the things that are in the movies themselves like this could be really really cool assuming they don't try to drag it on for tons and tons of seasons i tell you man just so much at comic-con blew me away everything is laid out for you on the pop culture cosmos facebook page the news feed if you look again over 60 articles relating to comic-con all the great news we didn't even mention stuff like modok being talked about for ant-man we didn't talk about all the stuff coming up with kang we didn't talk about you know all the stuff that's going on with the sandman for netflix that was showcased at comic-con can't understand why it's on netflix because it's a dc property you think it would be on hbo max but you know what i'm not the person in charge of that but yeah, well, it is it's vertigo right and vertigo is yeah. owned by dc but uh, yeah i don't know what the contracts look like 
Yeah, that's kind of weird. But yeah, there's so much there announced at Comic-Con. We're covering it all. So much to talk about. So much to see. So much to go ahead and check out right there at Pop Culture Cosmos. Again, Marvel, a ton of stuff that was announced. Even the Marvel animation, What If, was announced for a season three already. Even They haven't even showed off season two, but they've already been renewed for a season three. They showcased that. Spider-Man freshman year with Charlie Cox in there. Going to go ahead and put his voice to that animated show. So much other Marvel animation that was also announced. So many things that went on. Again, Star Trek, Star Wars, they announced for the Acolyte. They announced the lead for that. Yeah, there was just so much going on at Comic-Con. And of course, just to cover it all, got it here at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But your thoughts, your final thoughts on Comic-Con. Was this the best Comic-Con ever, in your opinion? Yeah, I guess so. I, like, I remember being more excited about like the earlier phases of the Marvel stuff just because we had never seen it before, you know, but yeah. seeing like this is more like, oh yeah, it's going to be cool, but I really hope they have a plan to like top what they've already done because I don't want Thanos to be the ceiling and then have them constantly performing underneath that ceiling. I just think that Marvel Comic-Con, what was it? Comic-Con 2018 or 2019 when they announced that slate? Mm -hmm. I think that for me was probably the best one. Cause like you said, everybody was coming off the buzz of what was going on with affinity war, of course, Avengers Endgame. everybody knew what was going on with that. So yeah. I really think that comic-con in particular to me, I think was the most outstanding. Although this isn't too far behind just because of the fact I was so disappointed at DC showing this year, I really think they, they dropped yeah. the ball and they dropped it big time. Before we move on from DC, can we talk about, I know we're crunched on time here, but Henry Cavill, what a jerk, you know, like he was there and he posted a picture of himself in front of the Superman suit and instantly the internet's like, oh, they're going to announce another Superman movie or they're going to continue the Zack Snyder verse and nothing, you know, nothing. sorry, I don't mean he's actually a jerk. I love the guy, but like that was such a cruel tease, you know? Yeah. Well, that's also Warner Brothers as well, because there were so many rumors he was going to be there and nothing was announced. Absolutely mm -hmm. nothing. Dwayne Johnson had to go ahead and talk about it live and he had to dance around the subject of him actually appearing going forward in the DC universe, because I know he wants as black Adam to face off against Henry Cavill, Superman, they're good friends in real life. So I know that he wants to go ahead and be able to express that to the fans. And of course it didn't get done. And again, dropped the ball by DC. I really think that they had the chance and opportunity to go ahead and really prove themselves once again as the number one pop culture entity that's out there and they didn't get it done but my yeah. friend just so much news to cover so much stuff to talk about any last thoughts before we head on out no you know there's a lot here there's a lot i think we're good we'll table anymore for next time okay i mean this is going to be leaving us talking for several episodes to come mm -hmm. i know that the future of the marvel cinematic universe it's not set in stone. Yes, I know they gave release dates for all the stuff, but you and I both know there's more to come and there's more to change for the MCU. And of course, it gets covered right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself. A great.